There is a element there of reconciling the feelings, right? Like the anger that I felt as a child at my body not looking like the other girls. Some of the old like Batman movies like with the Catwoman. Think about it. Marilyn Monroe was actually like a size 12. <laughs> like in our t- But we aren't programmed to believe that's beautiful. At least I wasn't. Right. I didn't grow up in that. If at some point we ever were shamed and angry about keeping ourselves smaller because we couldn't keep ourselves smaller. You're not going to let yourself keep retelling those lies. Yes, because we make decisions about who we are and what life is like at a time when we have not spent enough time on this planet to make any kind of Right, you can reasonable definition. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is the memo that society gave you, and you took it because you didn't know any different at the time. You were yeah. too little, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is the memo." Now you can look at all the memos and be like, "Do I want to keep that one, or do I want to tear it up? Am I tearing up that post-it note, or do I actually believe in that memo?" Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today we have part two of Beth Hess. Yes. And... Part one, if y'all missed it, go back and take a listen. It was talking about the relationship with your brand. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be talking about the relationship with your body. So you're in for a treat. So yeah. So Beth, why don't you reintroduce yourself? Tell us about yourself for those who haven't listened to the first episode. Yeah, I am uh, Beth Hess and I work with small businesses and helping them rediscover their why and fall in love with their brands again. And this subject is near and dear to my heart, which is why I'm super excited to have her on the show. And I feel like at some point we're all going through this journey. So when you're listening, whether you're going through this journey now, whether you might be going through this journey in the future, or whether while we're talking, you're looking back and being like, yes, I totally relate to that Mm -hmm. because I went through that journey. Mm -hmm. I feel like we all have this journey to go through about our relationship with our bodies. So, oh my God. And it's men. I want to call out that. Yes. Men have men too. Yep. Men are, have to be part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for too long, they've been brushed aside and it's been made a women's issue. Mm -hmm. Hence the, hysterical woman and all that nonsense but it's predominantly as we know (laughs) an issue with women because of the objectification and exactly but it's the number one shame trigger like according to the research Mm -hmm. from Brene Brown and everything that the number one shame trigger for women is their body yep let's jump let's talk about it. it so I the last few years have made it a habit to take a vacation by myself. I get away and do whatever I want, whenever I want, eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great time. Yes. It's, a, it's a good weekend. Earlier this year uh, in January, before we all got locked down together for long periods of time, I did my because annual trip. COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did my annual trip. And part of that was I scheduled a 
body wrap session at a spa and had a milk and honey body wrap, which I had never done before. I've done massage and different kinds of spa treatments, but not the body wrap. And something about that moment in time and just being in that space and just letting myself be there, I thought, okay, here I am, a 46-year-old woman with an imperfect body, laying here completely exposed, and I was okay with it. And I was like, it's about time that I felt okay with this. And during that whole session, then my body and I had a meeting, is what I refer to it as. And we just started talking about times that I felt like I have not been nice to her and times I felt she as my body has not been nice to me telling her that I'm sorry when I fed her pizza when she really wanted salad or that I fed her salad when she really wanted pizza and (laughs) and got into some of the deep junk probably one of the lowest points of my life and definitely a, a time that i was most angry at my body, was going through some infertility issues before we finally had my son, who is now 15. And yet those memories and those feelings and that anger towards my body was still so raw that even in that moment, it just was stabbing me all over again and felt like my body said, I know I was really mad about that too. I'm sorry I couldn't help you out Mm -hmm. better during that time. But what it just became was I literally called it I had a meeting with my body. And we just started chatting things out. And towards the end of that session, I just said, I just want to be friends with you again. I don't know when you and I stop being friends, my body, but it's time for us to be friends again. So let's figure out how we're going to do this. For the, for the rest of our time together. And so that's where it started for me. I feel like I've always had body issues. I remember being a chubby kid and going through that my whole life, being on every diet, every program, trying all the different things, knowing all the right things to try. But somehow this idea of just fighting over my own self with my own body instead of us going, and maybe we, if we just work together, one, it doesn't have to be about the weight at all anymore. Two, you're probably going to lose some weight because we're, we're working together. We're now. working together now. Mm-hmm. And three, the rest of your life, let's just have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to, so there, I think that there's like a three factor kind of component to this conversation because one of them is about the health, right? There is a point of saying, you know what? I don't have to feel ashamed of my body and I can eat what I want. You know, it's not, I'm not going to let that trigger me. But the reality is, especially in the U.S., we, there's a lot of unhealthy choices, right? So part of that has to be about health because in my world of former social work, it was in healthcare for 20 years. And it was to the point where I could see what the comorbidities were on a patient coming in and not need to see the primary diagnosis because I knew exactly what had happened to them. Because if you are obese with hypertension and diabetes, it's likely you're coming in for rehab for a stroke. Like those are very real correlations. Correlations. Mm-hmm. So like that, that has to be part of the conversations. That's number one. Number two is the, the availability and accessibility of food and 
There are well, people and who live foods. in right who mm-hmm. live in food deserts. There are people who are have that scarcity because of the way that our food system is, or is the set fact up. that you can feed a family on McDonald's for cheaper than you can sometimes get right. buying healthy food at the grocery right. store. Fast so. Food Nation is still real, mm-hmm. right? Watch Fast Food Nation, watch Food Inc. All of those things. That's real, and that yeah, unless you're going to farm the land yourself, which believe me, there are times in in our day usually like at least once a day. I'm like. Wouldn't it be just easier if we were to like go live in the middle of nowhere and have our own little farm? And oh, I love Little about... House on the Prairie days. Like, mm. wouldn't that be lovely to just yeah. be like Little House on the Prairie, your little one room schoolhouse? Not simple, not complicated. Yeah. So, and that's the key. I'm not there with you entirely, but <laughs> the whole indoor plumbing I do. and electricity. The simplicity right, of it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. yes. And then the third part of it, right, is the, and those are more collective conversations, but the third part of it is looking at what's in alignment for you and yourself and your core values and your beliefs and things like that and coming to terms with whatever it is that you need to come to terms with. And if it is that are at your core, somebody who needs to move your body, then that's okay. And if you are at your core, somebody who walks 30 minutes a day at a slower pace, that's cool for you too, right? Like that there is, it has to be, that conversation has to be like doing the physical activities that are going well, to be. Right, right. And I, that's why I call what's it best movement. For you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of how you choose to move. But right. I know that I, especially now during COVID, I experience that and have to check myself because I'm seeing people all over Facebook of, we went hiking and this trail was amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to rest. I just want to I love mm-hmm. hiking, but I feel like I'm so at that burnt place that I'm like, no, no. my rest is not hiking. My rest is no one speak to me. And that's <laughs> right. about learning. Room alone. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> about learning to and communicate And mine is I make body. sure I get up in once an hour because then like my hips get tight. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, I have to make a conscious effort of, oh, get up and walk around. I want to talk about too is like how we disconnect from our bodies right so like beth's talking about for her disconnection was a a result of weight and health and that's what prompted it what goes along for that i feel like there's lots of ways people disconnect from their bodies for me my disconnection was a result of objectification and so i've never felt safe in my body like it didn't feel like it belonged to me it just never felt safe to me and so I think people disengage from their bodies from that way. There's Mm -hmm. a disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. People disconnect from their bodies because let's talk about Glennon Melton. Like she grew up disconnected from her body because of that need for that perfectionism Mm -hmm. and having to Mm -hmm. controlling her anxiety and food was the thing that she could control. She couldn't control the anxiety. She couldn't control those feelings. So food was the thing that she can control. And so those messages about food are insidious. Oh, absolutely. Because you're hearing literally everything from everywhere. Eat in moderation. Have sweets. Don't have sweets. But one parent will be super helpful. My dad's 80, right? Like he still exercises four days a week and he does, we're talking like three to four hours where he has this and he's very like regimented, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's in his routine, but he has done that for as long as I can remember. And you have to be careful when you go visit because he does them naked. <laughs> the first part of it, 
He does his like calisthenics, like stretching exercises. <laughs> Stop it right now. He I does can't. the naked. I'm too visual. So he, I guess it's good that it's on a routine <laughs> when that's going to happen. But you'd you like, can you avoid so. that? You'd like to think so. But <laughs> because he also has zero body shaming issues. I was going to say, that's what it is. He's connected to his body because he's straight it up. Drives, like, yes. Yeah. So yeah. it drives my mom crazy. But I am now 42, right? I will still, and I'll be visiting or whatever, knock on their door and he'll say, come in and just be there laying, whatever, doing whatever exercises. <laughs> you should see. Naked. I wish everybody could see Joe's face right now. I was just thinking to myself, he's a genius because that's a lot less laundry. It, <laughs> it is. And he is because my hamper is always nasty from after working out. Mm. And I was thinking, this guy's got it figured out. Yep. This laundry thing yep. is out loud. And then if it does, <laughs> if, it, if it is an exercise that creates sweat, he will lay things out in the bathroom and let them dry out and wear them again. Like the next day, because he's the only one exercising. He has everything at home that he does. <laughs> but like, it is a digression real quick. So Scott was visiting one time. I wasn't there. Scott was there. And he had been out. He came back. And my dad literally just walked out of his bedroom naked mm-hmm. and was like, oh, hi, Scott. <laughs> I heard something. And he was like, and you chose to come out of the bedroom naked? You couldn't just have like put underwear on right. and come out the door. But no, and Scott was like. Yeah, it's me, Dave. I'm the only one that's going to come in and out of the house. And right. he was like, oh, okay, have a nice day. And then turn around and walk back into the bedroom and continue to say. Maybe he's also a genius in not helping people stay too long at his house. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. It is. But it's one of those things because, no, he has zero. Yes, it goes to that point issues. because yes. he is fully connected to yep. it. Yes. Yep. And so then there's a million array of reasons why we can disconnect from our body. Trauma, mm-hmm. all the things. And so I think the takeaway for today is how do we reconnect with our bodies? Yes. Because I know, like I've had clients that I work with where she said to me, we did it very slowly. And it was literally in the shower, wash your body without the loafa because she'd never actually touched her skin because it was always the loafa was between mm-hmm. her and her skin. I said, actually touch your skin when you're taking a shower. Yeah. I remember the first time I, but like she doesn't put lotion on. After? But not her whole mm. body. Like, you're not putting lotion on your whole body. So she had never touched Why are you her- not putting lotion on your whole body? <laughs> I guess is the question. Yeah. Like, lotion's for me- expensive, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't put know. it on my whole body. I put it on my legs and my arms and my feet. I'm not like, hey. <laughs> so I'm apparently the weird one that, like, does moisturize yeah. my body because I, like, when you- Anyway, I'm going to- just continue the fucking conversation. But I this do is remember the point the f- where Jenny gets like, wah, wah, wah. there's going to be a whiteboard reference coming out soon. I do remember the first time I had a facial, and I realize now it sounds like I'm at the spa all the time. I am not. <laughs> However, <laughs> the first time I got a facial, and I thought, this is really a fairly intimate experience mm-hmm. because how many people in your life do you let touch your face? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that almost became like a a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. too. And one of the places that, that I started with this coming back to my body was with my facial skincare Mm -hmm. and it was in washing my face in a slow and 
and purposeful, sort of positive, mm-hmm. purposeful mm-hmm. way and investing in good product mm-hmm. that was actually yes. going to serve me well. And that felt good and smelled the way I liked. Mm-hmm. And so I started there and then I have a hairdresser that I totally trust. And I told mm-hmm. her, hey, just do something with my hair. So I feel happy with my hair. And so then I felt, yeah, like you said, step by step, yep. I was coming back into like dipping my toe in the water of Mm -hmm. can we be friends again? Yes. And then the, but the whole body thing. And fortunately I've been other than the infertility issue. And then earlier this year, I did have a a breast cancer scare that, that came back as benign, thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I've not had to deal with health ramifications of my choices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other than extra weight and heartburn and that kind of stuff that I just wrote off as that's what people but have those and are, I finally realized those are ramifications yeah and, right. and that's when I finally realized wait a minute I don't think my body likes when I do that because right. you're probably not supposed to wake up with heartburn in the middle of the night no. every night that's that's the body I mean, unless you're pregnant, fighting back well yes mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And you just have to deal with it. And yeah, it's been those little steps. It's been learning to trust my intuition Mm -hmm. and really listen to the body. I remember one time after Sarah and I got together, she's next time we're together, maybe we should go to the wine cafe if you do that kind of thing. And I said, well, I'll ask my body if she wants a glass. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just those types of of things. Because food was such a, a thing in my life, like I used to read cookbooks like they were novels, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like imagining the foods. And, yes. and I had a really great coach recently that walked me through an RTT therapy session, the Rapid Transformational Therapy. Is that right? I don't know. Sorry. Okay. I've never heard of that. It's hypnosis, basically. Nice. And so we walked through the like, where did this stuff come from? And she took me back to a memory of probably age six or seven and I grew up in a wonderful household. My dad was a pastor. My mom was a teacher. We didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I never felt for lack of anything, but there was like, okay, you have one glass of orange juice mm-hmm. in the morning. And when dinner's done, that's what you've there got. Wasn't there excess. wasn't a lot of snacks. Right. And the therapist took me back to this memory of being about six or seven. And it was the first time I could remember being at a buffet restaurant and how that buffet just looked like the whole wide world to yep. me. Yep. It was the first time I had ever abundance seen of food. Yep. Abundance. Yep. And and for someone with this obviously at six or seven, I didn't know yet I have this like wanderer spirit, but somebody with that went, I want all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what food became for me was the way that I experienced abundance. Mm -hmm. And that was just a total light bulb moment for me. She created a recording for me that I listen to every night with affirmations and that Mm -hmm. type of thing. But one of the things in there is about how I can now experience the world with all my senses. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. But that's tapping into your body too, Mm -hmm. right? What does my body want to smell? Mm -hmm. So if I spend an hour and Bath and Body Works, it's yep. because I'm going to figure out which of the scents I really want to smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does my body like to touch? Do I like these types of fabrics or those types of fabrics? And mm-hmm. so all of that, letting your body actually have a voice. I think I just told her at some point to just shut up. I'm going to do whatever I want. And she responded by getting bigger and giving me mm-hmm. heartburn and all those types of things. 
And but now when I go, what would you like to have for breakfast today? Then we have a better day. Do you think that there is a component of this that has to do with age and experience? Because Absolutely. I feel like when I'm in a much better position now in my 40s to have those conversations than I was in my 30s or 20s. So how do we shift that so women are having those conversations earlier? So when I was in my 30s, I think I was 30 or maybe just before, is the first time I had never seen a female naked. Like we're not just walking around naked, like hanging out, like people, like guys on movies wish we were doing, you know what I mean? So the only thing I had, like you can't Google like an actual real person. You're only, if you Google, you're seeing Photoshop or you're mm-hmm. seeing... Or if you're like, the only way I'm going to see... Unless like, you even, go to the YMCA pool right. and go in the locker room. Like you, yes. So I, I really didn't know. I right. only knew what society had brainwashed me as. Yep. And Matt and I went on our trip to Italy and going through the museums and the statues. And I was like, and these are famous statues, obviously. And I was like, oh, is that what a woman's body really looks like? You mean they actually... Because in my mind... You're not, you're supposed to have thigh gap. And so I was like, because you had, when you grew up was the advent of the supermodel. Correct. Right. That was when we had super skinny thigh gap. The Kate Moss. There was no pooch or anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm in Italy and I'm like, she's the George Michael freedom video. Right. She's got hips. She's got a pooch. Like I was like, is this what actual women look like? Mm -hmm. Is this? So that was my first awakening of like really noticing. Mm -hmm. I was asleep before then and I was just hypnotized by all the lies that they had showed Mm -hmm. me on the magazines and da-da. So I started paying more attention to actual women walking around in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is what we look, okay. And so the image that we see in our minds, like when I look in the mirror at myself, that image is different than when my husband looks at me mm-hmm. or when you look at me. Absolutely. Because I'm not looking through eyes of love. I automatically go right to my stomach where I'm the most self-conscious every morning to the point that I had to put up a poster board to cover that part on the mirror when I would walk by the mirror so that I could get out of that habit. Mm-hmm. It had become such a habit. Mm-hmm. I had trained myself. So I put it up there so that when I walked by, all I could see was my face and my eyes and from mm-hmm. like here up so that I could retrain myself to stop doing that. Yeah. My bathroom at home mm-hmm. has really good lighting. I don't know what it is, but I I, I leave my bathroom mirror feeling really good every That's morning. awesome. I don't, the bathroom at the office is not so good. <laughs> so I'm going to pretend that my one at home is correct. I'm sure it is. But that's the thing, right? Yes. The same body, the same, but you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that one I like. Oh, that one I don't like. So that's like lighting tricks, what mood you're in that day, what mentality you like. It's insane what we can do to ourselves, (laughs) like just with our brain, just with our mind. Yeah. And so really being intentional to say, what do I want to focus on today? Mm Mm-hmm. Do I want to focus on the image that I saw in my bathroom mirror or do I want to focus on the office mirror image? Or do, is it going to be one of those days where I'm going to give myself grace to have Chinese food for dinner? Right. Or is it one of those days that I'm going to not feel guilty for depriving 
Because yeah. I think that there's a guilt and shame factor on both ends. Because on one one day this week, I was like, like I can tell, right, in the cycles of my body and mm-hmm. all those things. And I was like, I really wanted to stop for McDonald's. And I was like, I'm not going to stop for McDonald's. <laughs> That's not a good choice. But then a couple of days later, I was driving into the office and I was like, it'll be really good for dinner tonight. It'll be Chinese food. And I got home. And I was still thinking about it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that reinforces that, yeah. yes, yep. it's going to be a, d- a night for Chinese food. And Yep. Yep. And that's what she's, <laughs> just like Beth was saying, she asked her body, do yep. you want Chinese food tonight? And if her body's, yep. Then she, and that's, yeah. I do that too. I'm like, if I'm still craving yep. ice cream days later, then I'm like, I'm getting the freaking ice cream and then moving the hell on with life. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> so what it does it take up But that's the thing because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have literally beat myself up for days, shaming myself for having eaten the, ch- or like some, and it's so stupid and it wastes so much time. I think another component of this and really paying attention to our bodies is our menstrual cycles. Sorry guys. Mm-hmm. Just give me a minute. If you have daughters, you're going to need to hear this. Or a wife. <laughs> or Yeah, but specifically, this is geared towards younger. So one of the the biggest transformation pieces for me in recent years was the use of a menstrual cup. Like, I had already had a very firm awareness of the workings of my body. Like, I knew what things felt like. I knew it is so important for teenage girls mm-hmm. to understand what the nether regions feel like, look like smell so that they are aware when something is not right. Mm -hmm. But the the menstrual cup is one of those things beyond a pad or a tampon or whatever that can give them that power to really be confident when they go to the doctor and say, last month when I used it, it felt like this, but this month it felt like this and I think something's wrong. So like, how do we change that conversation to saying it is permissible, it is not taboo to talk about vaginas and like my kids know how to label correct yes correctly all of the Mm -hmm. things like Samantha knows the difference between labia vulva and vagina Mm -hmm. my five-year-old yep and And my friends laugh at me for that (laughs) right (laughs) because I feel you there mine too because my kids but that's and because it's because we're social workers. So but no, because even some of my social worker friends are like, no, they don't label the same way. They're like, why? I know. I And it's Sarah, I love you. Not different Sarah, because I have so many Sarahs. <laughs> Auntie Sarah, we love you. But like, it's at comfort level, right? Because when they're raised, not mm-hmm. identifying those body parts, right. like we have a very antiquated idea of how we should be talking about bodies in the mm-hmm. US. It's Absolutely. not. Okay, so let's go there because I'm going to be real with y'all. I struggle deeply with mm-hmm. that. Because, and I am aware that I struggled deeply with that because of my past of being feeling unsafe in my body and a whole lifetime mm-hmm. of being sexually objectified. So I get where the trauma comes from. I don't know how to move through that of, yes, we can be sexual beings and have a relationship with our bodies, but not. Okay, let me, here's a story that'll help okay. because I'm trying to have, I'm having a hard time <laughs> You're communicating struggling to articulate. this. Yes. So I have friends who you can see them on Facebook and they're dancing and it's very sensual and seductive. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly like doing the little dance and the like. And you y'all know, can and the, see the dance like, that she's doing right I, now. I wish I'm y'all just could. letting you know. But it's, and it's like amazing. The it's outfit like the that's Elaine on, dance. like it is. Fun. Right. It's, it, it, yeah, it's a sweater, but it's off the shoulder. And yes, you can see it's this. So the. And I'm like, yay, you're owning your body. And yay, you're like connected to your body. And at the same time, you're triggered. And at the same time, I'm triggered and going, please stop 
objectifying yourself because then it's the whole sex sells is what's being triggered in me. And that's valid. That's absolutely valid where I have learned to compartmentalize this. And again, we are not a modesty household. Okay. And I, my father's the perfect, right? Because right. everybody right. walked around naked. So like yep. for us and other people judge me and I totally understand because my son who's almost 10 will come in while I'm changing we have open doors, like it doesn't matter. But for me, the internal conversation that I'm having is that I am, if I am unhappy with how my body looks, if I am unhappy, if I'm going to feel shame about things on my body, I am not going to let my son or daughter know that Mm -hmm. because they need to know that no matter what their body looks like, it's acceptable and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every parent says that, and yet every generation struggles because right. we're it's, only one. Right, so and it's there not, the damn right. societies out there. And not every parent like, says that because that's what I'm saying. I get judged. Like, how dare you? Let your son's almost ten. Isn't that too old to be seeing you naked? Like, your daughter's five. Why is she still showering with your husband? Because they're just getting clean, right? Because like, because because they, they've cause sexualized the United it. States sexualizes yes, everything. Because they sexualize yes. everything, and so for yes. us. And actually, Nicholas and I had this conversation, my my almost 10-year-old had this conversation last night that we were talking about the differences in being raised in the U.S. versus in other, air, in other parts of the world. Because I said to him, I was like, I don't think you realize how not traditional American your upbringing is, that we walk around naked and that we, like, we have no shame about it and that you are allowed to go ride your bike to the park a mile away and go fishing for three hours mm-hmm. and we know that you're going to be back on time, right? Like... Now it's called free range parenting, which is Mm -hmm. such bullshit because it's just understanding where your kids are at Mm -hmm. and where your comfort level is at, right? Mm -hmm. That may not be something that Sarah would do, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to judge her for it. Like you need to do what's best for your family because I know how I felt as the chubbier kid, as the taller kid, as the, I was bullied in school. I was made fun of because of my size. I was called all kinds of names. I had at one point in middle school, I remember opening my art folder and someone had slipped a picture of, uh, drawn a picture of me with a pig face on it and put that. And so when you're 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12, 13, and that sticks with you mm-hmm. because what are pigs? They're giant fat, whatever. I will not, re- I refuse to allow those feelings of shame that I have around myself and my body translate to and and model for my kids. I won't do it. So then wouldn't it be though of healing your relationship with your body so that you're not masking it, but you're actually modeling it? Yeah. I have to make a, it's a conscious effort for me to say, I am going to swallow this feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to swallow this emotional reaction and let it go to the point that I'm, I may not be 100% 100% okay inside, but I'm at least going to look gotcha. it on the outside. Gotcha. But even beyond the swallowing, the acknowledgement that, you know, like in a meeting with your body, if you say, I'm sorry that I ever thought that we actually look like a pig mm-hmm. because some stupid person when we were 12 drew a picture of that Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry that I continued to think that way about us for so long now to your point earlier now with age Mm -hmm. with maturity I can see I was letting that 12 year old mind rule me and I'm sorry about that and what I found at least for me 
is bodies are pretty forgiving. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a way of releasing that then that says, okay, not, we're never going to think about that ever again because we're human beings and it, and it's it comes up. Yeah. Right. Yep. But that would just go, oh, there's that pig thing again. Mm-hmm. I was chatting with another friend of mine about this idea of why didn't we know this when we were younger? Right. Why couldn't we tell mm-hmm. ourselves this? Like, why? Or do, like, where do those self-assured yeah. women or girls or teenagers, like, where do they come from? So, and are they struggling with the same things and they're just doing a better job at hiding it? Or what is it? Yeah. Yes, probably. They're just doing a better job of, of hiding it. We're so busy worried about ourselves. We don't see what other right. people are, are mm-hmm. struggling with most of the time. But one of the things that came to for me was, so this RTT therapist, also part of this session that we did, was about me going back and having a conversation with that six or seven-year-old girl Mm -hmm. as my 46-year-old self now. Mm -hmm. And sitting down next to that girl and being able to say, food right now seems like the way you're going to explore the world, but let me tell you all the other stuff we're going to get to do. Mm -hmm. And she talks about actually taking that little girl bringing her back to the house you live in now and introduce her to my son, Mm -hmm. our dogs, my husband, our house, the map on our wall that shows all the roads that my husband and I have traveled together Mm -hmm. since we were married 22 years ago. Food's not the only way here. Mm -hmm. And as I was explaining that to a friend, she says, that makes so much sense because when I was like, 25 or 30, what would I have told that six or seven year old girl? At that point in my life, I would have been like, yeah, still sucks. We're not making, we're we're not, we're living paycheck to paycheck and we still can't do anything and we can't. So sometimes you need that distance just to get that wisdom. Absolutely. There is a element there of reconciling the feelings, right? Like the anger that I felt as a child at my body, not looking like the other girls who at mm-hmm. that point it was the the christy brinkley's and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. that the the pamela um, anderson's wait no, is that just honey, me just my generation just sorry that baywatch was later but that was teenage lonnie so anderson that. maybe right lonnie <laughs> but like it was the the some of the old like batman movies like with the Catwoman. think about it marilyn monroe was actually like a size 12 <laughs> like in art but we aren't programmed to believe that's beautiful at least i wasn't right. i didn't grow up in that no yeah. i and that's the thing and so i think that there's an element there that we really need to reconcile if at some point we ever were shamed and angry about keeping ourselves smaller because we couldn't keep ourselves smaller, that you're not going, that you're not going to let yourself keep retelling those lies. Yes. Because we make decisions about who we are and what life is like at a time when we have not spent enough time on this planet to make any kind of Right, you can tear reasonable up the memo. definition, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the memo that society gave you, and you took it because you didn't know any different at the time. You were yeah. too little, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is the memo." Now you can look at all the memos and be like, "Do I want to keep that one, or do I want to tear it up? Am I tearing up that post-it note, or do I actually believe in that memo?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the work you guys do with your clients too is you take people deeper and deeper into the. You now, what are you really telling yourself? And at some point, you either hit breakthrough or you get to something you've told yourself that is so beyond ridiculous that you're like, 
what actual well and like really the i'm step. living my whole life based on the fact that i'm afraid that aliens might and the come next step because is i to saw that movie yourself. when i was five yeah yes the next step is to forgive yourself for having been in that space where you didn't know any better mm-hmm. yeah. because i think that's where a lot of conversations get halted that like giving yourself permission to forgive yourself for not knowing better and not knowing all the things that would have yes yes it would have led you to a different outcome at the time and yes you would have been happy or wealthy whatever the whatever the message that you're going to tell you whatever bullshit lie you're going to tell yourself next but giving yourself grace and forgiving yourself for not knowing enough yeah that's the Maya Angelou quote when you know better you do better yeah Mm -hmm. forgiving yourself for not knowing enough and embracing that now you do know and you're going to for whatever it's worth, give yourself the grace to make the choices that you need at the time. Because I think that we also do a lot of value laden stuff on right versus wrong right, choices. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you're beating yourself up then for making the wrong choice for eating Chinese food when, you know, the right choice would have been a salad. The right tomorrow. choice is what your body asked for at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it goes back to, well, who decides what's right or wrong? Mm-hmm. It's whatever memo we picked up from Let's society not get into somewhere. That conversation right now. <laughs> we don't have enough time. But the yeah, wait a minute. Who said? And right. can't I just rewrite that rule? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be okay for me to decide that salad is not inherently better than Chinese food? So I might be having a slight breakthrough. I want to run it past. Yeah, you guys. let's so, let's do it. So what you're saying? It's key is, dropping. What you're because I'm applying it to the whole sexuality thing and that component. So what you're saying is that society gave us the memo that if you're dancing and like being connected to your body and cleavage is showing or you're shaking your fucking hips. Society told us that's sexuality and that's provocative and sexual and that you're the only reason you're getting attention is for your body. You're, that's what society was saying. I'm pretty sure that's what the movie Dirty Dancing was saying. I'm pretty yes. sure that's what happened at the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show this year with Shakira and <sighs> J-Lo. Because I so Dirty Dancing childhood. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you guys, I'm, I'm having a moment. Are you baby in the corner? Okay. Keep going. I love to dance, but I'm also, I. you would not see me at a club dancing in something where you would see anything because of my like, keep it all in the box. Be a good little girl. So... If I were to go to the club and I'm dancing and somebody deems that's a provocative dance move or da, I can be like, no. And I can tear up that memo and be like, I'm enjoying dancing. Leave me alone. Yes. Yes. I know you guys think I'm weird, but. No, but I don't think you're weird, but no, I, think I think we're like, saying yes, period. It's, End of sentence. There's no, it's just yes. Like in like the dance parties that are you worried because you're is, a dance party in the I house am, all the I time. I am. I am. So like, do you do you hold yourself back? I do you think with the in boys? environments because when okay, so when I was single and moved here, we, we a group of girlfriends we would go dance. Well, that was like an invitation for guys to come grind up on you, and I would be like, get the fuck away from me. Yes. Like, stop grinding your penis up on me. I'm trying to dance with my friends. Get the hell out of here. And so it would attract you attention. You had not perfected your RBF at that point. You're correct. <laughs> it would attract attention that I didn't want and no, I didn't yeah. want to have to deal with mm-hmm. it. Like, Or if you wanted it. the attention, you wanted to be able to 
stop it when you wanted it to stop. Because sometimes that attention's flattering. You're like, sweet, some hot guy wants to come dance with me. Right. But you wanted to be able to call it off and he's pushing further and you knew that was going to be the outcome and you were like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with this tonight. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So Sorry. you yeah. went all the way back to, so I'm not even going to leave my house. No, no I I'm going to restrict my dancing. I, I restrict what I wear and I only am doing that in my safe bubble. Like I'll get on a pool or table and dance, like, right, but, but with like, my safe bubble of friends that I know, and it's honestly, it's probably because now I'm married. And so I'm like, I'm married. Who's going to, so that probably has a lot to do oh, with really? it. Cause I still have some moments of, I need to be aware of what I'm presenting because I don't want the unwanted attention from those assholes because I don't, I think maybe I have perfected the resting bitch face and so I don't get that as a married woman I don't get that because I'm one I rarely am out at the clubs I don't wear my wedding ring either so that's probably part of it right I'm rarely at the clubs if I am I'm with other because I gained weight and I need to get it sized and I haven't (laughs) sized yet okay it gets stuck on my finger like I'm with other moms and so it's not the same as when I was younger like we've that Mm -hmm. that culture has shifted but I want to go back off in the in the club is different right Your pheromones are different. But I want to get back to what you do in the house with the boys. Do you restrict your physical movement in the house with the boys to be less sexy? No. No. It's totally my safe space. Okay. Yeah. Mm -mm. So they're learning, right, that Mm -hmm. women's bodies can move and it doesn't have to be objectified. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And so we have with Samantha, she does her booty dance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fantastic. Because she'll turn around and stick her booty out and do this yes. like fun shake thing. So watching the Super Bowl halftime show with JLo and Shakira, mm-hmm. which was fraught with all kinds of comments from those idiot peanut galleries that right. were like, how this is for families. Yup, it is. And look at those women at their age, bracking it better than mm-hmm. I ever could. And mm-hmm. Samantha standing, I very clearly was standing in our living room, staring up at the TV turning around, doing her booty dance, and my husband and I cheering her on mm-hmm. because we're, if you look like, if I look like that, if you look like that's amazing. But no, you don't have <laughs> to look strong- like that no, no, no. in order to shake your ass. But it right. was the strength in it. Right. That's what I was like, like that yes. healthy, they, the were, not, they were not stick figures. They have meat. Well, they and have, it was the ownership of their bodies. Yes. They were owning their bodies. They were owning their movements. It was the connection that they had because you have to be connected to your body in order to move it like that. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Like so you had, like to be on that pole. It was the mm. relationship that they had with their body. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for this conversation. I feel like I had some- Did you, you have a catharsis? You cracked it open a little bit. Okay. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And so now I can wrap my brain and it cracked a little bit. So mm-hmm. are you coming to the salt lounge? Cause then you can process it in the salt I lounge. I am tomorrow. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. This has been the girls who do stuff. Thank you, Beth, for coming back for another conversation. We are skipping the lightning round for this episode, by the way, this has been the girls who do stuff. We appreciate you. Please share a review. It helps other people find us and reach out to us. If you want to continue these conversations, because if this triggers and brings stuff to the surface for you, bubbles things yep. up, creates an awakening and you want to send continue, us a message. Yeah. Send us an email. We'll totally respond. Yeah. If you want to continue these <laughs> conversations, reach slide out. into our DMS. We'll respond. True, But no creepers. Don't be creeping, sliding in a DM, saying inappropriate shit, like on the dance floor. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. On that note, thank you, Beth, for being here today. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And you do you, boo. (laughs) We love making this stuff for you. 
You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. Thank you.